It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Five o'clock means it is time for Not My Beat. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not My Beat. Today, a uh, Not My Beat remix, if you will. Uh, We (laughs) will have... Uh, it, it's an overreaction Tuesday remix as well because yeah. uh, it's Thursday. <clears throat> but that is Lino Willingham here for Overreaction Tuesday, uh, the last one of the regular season. Yeah, I'm down to keep doing Overreaction Tuesdays at least through the playoffs. We could do it, man. We could get to talking other stuff too because I'm, yeah. I'm more than an overreaction machine. On just the uh, commander. Yeah, that is you true. Know? You can you can overreact to anything. It is a yeah. it is a prime skill. Set. But that's not my that's not my staple. People, all of my overreactions, as Craig has Craig has labeled them are always based upon substance and fact, most of the time. No, they are. Just my spin on substance and fact. That's, that's the funniest thing. There's two things that are really funny about this segment. Number one uh, is that you are more mellow on this show, more, yeah. more contained than you are when you sit in that same exact chair <laughs> and Chris Russell's in this one. About 24 hours later. <laughs> yeah, where you're, I just come in, I, like I walk past the studio as I'm preparing for my show and I just go, what is going on? In there. The second thing is you are like you are incredibly well researched. Like you always bring facts, you bring data, you bring statistics. I try to, and sometimes. then you come to wild ass conclusions based off the data. Yes. that I'm like, wait, no, that doesn't. <laughs> you Ter- had me, but, but then the, the, you had the equation yeah. right, and the answer's wrong. No, so it it always is fun to see where you take that, and and uh, if you just had a bunch of bluster and and no actual substance, I wouldn't have you on the show. So well, just so the audience understands that, yeah, I'm uh, not some big dummy, people. No, he just occasionally comes to wild-ass conclusions. So, with that, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been guilty of it, too. This is the first one of the new year, too. So I'm, my Happy year, New Year, my, my fireworks, word, let's go. My word for this year is consistency. So I'm okay. going to try to be more consistent in every phase of life, including my takes, people. So keep your receipts from what your boy says, because I That's expect like to be music, beating the same music drum. Music to Anthony's ears. Yeah, I expect uh, to be beating the same drum all off-season long, depending on... How things shake Look, out. Here's what I would so. say about consistency: can be overrated uh, in yes. terms of takes because LeBron, uh, things Skip, change. Skip Bayless still thinks LeBron James isn't that good at basketball. Well, right? that's pretty stupid. Yes, yeah. correct. So you, you got to make changes as necessary when the data keyword changes. People, come on. That's what we're talking about. All right, first first overreaction of 2024 is once again not really an overreaction. First of all, Happy New Year, and happy then New Year. good to see you. I, I keep the, the more and more I've watched. The Baltimore Ravens here the past month play football. There is really only one duo that I am going to be through the roof, knock your socks off, excited for. And that is the combination of Joe Horitz, the longtime scout uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, and Mike McDonald being the head coach, general manager combination. I want that to be the ideal setup. And I know you all are probably thinking, huh, we're probably going to be drafting and developing a young quarterback. That's not the best way to get the most out of him. It can be, though. You let Mike McDonald come in here and energize and transform your franchise. 36 years old, a ball of energy, has done really good work on the college level. People are stealing his schemes and the schemes that they were running at the University of Michigan. So he is an X's and O's guru, and he's got the personality to go with it. I saw you talking about it, and I'll talk about it tonight on Overtime. Culture has been a big thing that's come up here recently. Mm -hmm. Loved your comments about Jahan's comments uh, the other day. Ron silly coming out and saying that he thinks he's changed the culture. I really need someone that's going to come in here and change the culture. And I think of the 
available candidates, I think Mike McDonald has the chance to be that young, transcendent guy that can not only be a disciplinarian, but also relate to the players because he's not that far off in age. And he's coming from one of the best coaching trees you can come off of, man. He's seen it done the Raven way. And I'm all for emulating that. Sorry. So, of the defensive guys out there, he is one of the ones where I would be like, okay. Um, there's a couple things. Okay, so first of all, on the young guy thing, I will. I, I thought this was an interesting thing a couple weeks ago. Um, I'll have to follow up with Adam because mm-hmm. I don't know if Adam Amin's called any Ravens games this year. But, like, the TV broadcasters all get to meet with yes. coordinators, right? <clears throat> and whenever Adam... It was like around like week probably 12, 13. I don't remember which game it was, but Adam Amin was on the show before calling the game for Fox. And I said, hey, I could ask you about this silly football team or I can ask you about with the future. You get a chance every week to have production meetings with head coaches, with coordinators. Is there anybody that really stands out for you on the coordinator group that could be a great head coach that has the it factor? And without hesitation, he goes, Ben Johnson's the guy. Ah. And so Ben Johnson. Okay. For, now Adam has called a lot of Lions <clears throat> games. He obviously hasn't seen everyone in the league. I don't think he's actually had a Baltimore game this year. Um, so they don't you know, get a lot of fun. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Fox has a limited number of AFC right. games. The chances that Adam would be on it, considering how good Baltimore is, when he's like on the their third team or whatever. Like, there's a lot of behind the scenes right. baseball, whatever. But I do think it's important to point out that as someone who has talked to a lot of different people. That it factor you're talking about, that energy, mm-hmm. that culture, Ben Johnson apparently has it. So that's okay. that's a good note in the Ben Johnson category. And I think you're correct on McDonald yeah. on that as well. Just kind of an also. And I will say this <clears throat> about defensive head coaches, though. Here's what terrifies me about defensive head coaches. There's two things. One, the history is not good. The history suggests that not only will offensive head coaches have better offenses, they will have better defenses, which is crazy, but true based off the last, I think it's like 25 years of hiring Grant Paulson at the stats uh, and he has those uh, and brought him to the take command pregame show a couple weeks ago. I don't remember them. I'll have to ask Grant. So I have that data handy. The other thing is I'm scared of what happened to Dan Quinn in Atlanta, which is Dan Quinn built a really great culture. Logan will tell you about that is someone mm-hmm. who was there as a player. He really liked DQ um, thought it was a great place to go to work. And obviously he made the correct offensive coordinator hire. There was a guy named Kyle Shanahan, Matt Ryan had his best season ever. They go to the Super Bowl. They should have won the freaking Super Bowl. 28-3 happens. Kyle leaves for San Francisco. That is the demise of Dan Quinn because he replaces him with Steve Sarkeesian. Not nearly good enough. And ultimately, the offense is what fails Dan in Atlanta. So my my issue with a defensive guy is that if you get the hire right, let's say McDonald is awesome as a head coach and he hires a great OC and that great OC has success, a la Bobby Slowick yes. in Houston, that OC is going to go get a head coaching job. Now your young quarterback doesn't have his guy. The that's I, what concerns me. The thing I will say in response to that, and that's what I was just writing down so I don't lose my thoughts here, plan better. Defensive-minded head coach, have that tree to where when your offensive coordinator leaves, guess who bumps up? The quarterback's coach. He's most important to the offensive. Sure. Or if that's that guy. Or if you think your pass game coordinator is most important. So I think with that, you could – you could just plan better and have a, a better. You can try, but like try if to, you but get, there's only so many elite dudes. I, I hear that, um, but but the one thing I will say, as far as offensive minded head coach versus defensive minded head coach, I feel like when we talk about these offensive minded head coaches, we want them so involved with the growth and development of the young quarterback. 
with this situation in particular, I want a CEO style coach that is going to have his hand oh, a I little bit in everything. Mm, I think and really be dead. a guy that comes in and helps set a culture and foundation. You know, offensively, the, the one argument that I, I continue to hear people say is with this team in particular, um, you want to have an offensive minded head coach because that's the best plan to help this young quarterback that you're probably about to develop. I, I do agree with that to an extent, but it's not the end-all, be-all, in my opinion. You could, and I know you're going to absolutely throw up when I say this. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> the people probably may, may, may throw up, too. I think Eric Bieniemy has the ability to develop a young quarterback and to keep the continuity that you have already in this offense. And I understand you don't like his philosophies about not running the football. I, I think there's I so much more question? layered conversation to everything, and you've touched on it a little bit as well. How do we know the relationship between Eric Bieniemy and Ron Rivera? They, they sat down with each other for an hour and a half probably at Morton's in D.C., and boom, Eric's got the job because Ron's trying to save his ass. We both know that. I do not believe that if Eric Bieniemy was really invested in becoming a, a better head coach candidate and continuing to further himself in that direction that he would have went with Sam Howell with no quarterback competition instead of having a veteran in Jacoby that's going to best run his offense and best make his offense look good. Because right now his offense don't look good because of the guy that's running it. Do you can you not can you disagree with me? Do you disagree with me on that? I feel like I'm I I the, the I, and, and there's a lot of digging. Argument, the, there's the, digging. The whole premise of your argument is flawed. How though? Because his job was to work with what he had. He he was the guy who like Sam Howell won the quarterback competition. We can't what competition, him. Craig? It never there, happened, and the, that's the biggest reason why. In about four days, who had a better someone's training, not going to be here. Who had a better training camp? You can say that. Yeah, Sam was probably more. You consistent can say in Sam did working because with the he ones. had a better camp. He was working with the ones. Okay, so Jacoby, if he's that much better, should have destroyed the twos because he doesn't. It's not like he was with the twos and, facing the and ones. Craig, I will say this: the one thing that continued from camp on into the regular season is Sam holding on to the football through the whistle in practice, trying to play Fine. off schedule, and it happened in the games for sure. And that was, but that was a known to say that he had some flawless Here, camp. Hold on, here's the thing about all of that: if the, those were known commodities with Sam Howell, he did it at Carolina. Mm-hmm. Eric's job was to coordinate the offense as constructed, which as constructed is Sam Howell at quarterback. It wasn't to go pick a new quarterback. It wasn't to run a system. It was to win games so why with did, the quarterback that he had. So why did what Jacoby, he did was reckless. Why did he? So, so I, I think there's at, at the end of all of this, there will be probably reporting that's done, and we'll we'll get the truth to all of this. Jacoby Brissett last week, in his first time to talk to the media as a starter, flat out came out and said, look, I was expecting to compete. Of course. And he was lied to. And a lot of I, us brushed over that, and we haven't spent a whole bunch of time on that. Like, that's a big deal to me. And I think it gives maybe some insight into why things went the way they did. Who says that Eric ever wanted Sam to play? And maybe him calling the games the way he was was the quickest way to get Sam to the bench. And I understand that sounds like a... Well, a if he's big... sabotaging his quarterback, I sure as you know what, don't want him around another young guy. Like, my, my question is simply this, Linnell, in retort. What about this season made you think that Eric Bieniemy is the proper guy to develop a young quarterback? The stuff that he, Sam did at first. The way it looked originally. The way he looked in the first month plus of the season. 
before uh, teams caught up to what they were doing. And then Eric couldn't further develop the offense because Sam still wasn't digesting what he was putting on his plate, right, which was the bare minimum. Be, no, he did not put the bare Saying, how can you possibly say that he put the bare minimum they, on his plate? They players? barely even ran motion. That's a, the motion's they, part of the Kansas City him offense. back 45 to 50 times a game for a stretch of this season? That's not delevered. And, and again, it's not just passing attempts. Passing attempts is overrated. Right, because you have screens it's and quick game Correct. I get you. Do you actually create easy opportunities for your quarterback? And how many decisions does he have to make per game? Last year, Brock Purdy had to make about seven decisions a game. Sam was making 30-plus. Don't tell me about motion when you're dropping a guy back behind, by the way, an offensive line built to run the football 30-plus times a game and asking him that's, to read the entire field. That's that the one thing I give all of you with, or, or I give everyone I agree with in terms of me being hesitant with moving forward with Eric is I really don't understand why he didn't run the football more specifically. I understand why the screen game stuff and all that other stuff wasn't called more. I, I don't why? think they executed it well when they did it. That I don't think it was great, but they also did have some nice they did. screen stuff. And like it's finding the but ones that But a lot of the times that were, those were the plays that set you back in your drives and now you're in first in, or second in 16. And, As opposed to the sacks? Sacks because the kid was holding the ball. Get the ball out of your hand. That's on the quarterback. That's, it is, but also you have to understand that's who he is. Yeah. Like, again, it comes down to reality of do you understand your own personnel? And to me, the answer is no. And Eric seems to have a very distinct way that he wants to play. If I'm in Los Angeles and I have Justin Herbert, I'm fine with that. If I am a young, if I am bringing a young quarterback into my organization, I could not be less interested based off what I saw this year. It's not in who he is. And by the way, like Andy Reid's going to the Hall of Fame, and he should. He's one of the best offensive minds we've ever seen. Andy getting Patrick Mahomes is the gift that is going to get him to the Hall of Fame because he finally found a quarterback that was a perfect match for him. The way Belichick, like this is all about you know marrying the right people. So, this is so not, in that, with you saying that in that same breath, wouldn't Caleb be the ideal match with Biennemi? Wouldn't that be his match? You, I you don't, don't think Caleb's how, able to hold up and do the things? I don't that, know how well he reads defenses at the NFL level yet. None of us do, and I don't pretend to be a scout, and I don't pretend to have watched him Yet, I do know that he did was very productive in the Pac-12 and the Big 12, two conferences not particularly known for extremely great, tough defenses. Um, but I also know that like he's got a sack-to-pressure ratio number that's a little scary. And so I would want to ensure that he is insulated. I mean, this is not... Like, people think that this is what, like babying a quarterback. It's not. It's how you develop a young quarterback. Like, the proof is there. I don't know what – like, you have two groups of quarterbacks that succeed in the NFL. You have typically – and maybe you can think of an exception. Again, you're very bright, and your, your history and your facts are, are there. So you might be able to think of one. I haven't been able to think of one yet, and I've been thinking about this for days. You either have the Troy Aikman, Peyton Manning, et cetera. That is, everyone knows they're awesome. They struggle early because they get a bunch of games, but like they're on terrible teams, but they show that they show the talent, they show the growth, and you don't worry about them. Or you have the Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, uh, Brock Purdy, et cetera group, Russell Wilson, who are incubated early, who are allowed to experience life as an NFL quarterback while not getting asked to do too much. And they grow into the position. 
And Eric tried to take the Mahomes, Brady, or sorry, not Brady, because Brady was like that too, by the way. Don't let, again, revisionist history being what it is. Like, Brady didn't have to do a whole lot early. And he grew into being the best ever. So you're not. So, like, the Manning, Aikman, Mahomes camp, Burrow, and and EB tried to take Sam and do that to him. It ain't going to work. It, it does, it's not how this works. I hear you. I mean, I, I just, to, to make it as if now he's not capable of developing a young quarterback because of what he did with Sam, I think is crazy. Like, Sam doesn't have the tools that the other cats are going to have. So his method may work with those dudes. It, he might. So I, to, to act like you're going to, to punt on him because of what he did with Sam, I think would be, I, I wouldn't like that. And I think he's got qualities about him as a man, person, leader that I want and that I think is good for where this organization is. They need a foot up their ass. Everyone in that building. Whoever comes in here, they're going to have to really, I don't know if they're going to lean on the evaluation of the guys that were here before, but like there are bad apples in that locker room. They need to be weeded out in terms of work ethic and what it takes to be a pro, a successful pro in the National Football League. They got a bunch of toddlers over there. And you know you you know that. No, I mean I think Jahan's qu- comments yesterday are are clearly pointed yeah. at certain people, and um, you know some of whom may have just soured because they've been here too long. And which like, is true. Which that happens. Know, like I I imagine you know I'll, I'll I don't know if John Allen's one of the people that you have in your head when you're saying that, but like Jahan mentioned the captains yesterday, and I just imagine John Allen. Um, Coming out of Alabama, and I remember distinctly, like after his his uh, locker cleanout interview after his rookie season, just going, they got to put a C on that dude's chest immediately. Like he just the way he talked about things, the, the vision he had, and I just imagine him watching Chase Young the last couple of years do whatever the hell he wants, and the coach is never getting. See, and you've been on this, you know, yeah. for a while, right? And him just going, what the f- is the point? Like I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. See? And like you, you just you get broken down as a human being. Yeah. And I think that's incredibly human. And I think with new leadership and new whatever, like if John Allen is empowered, that can change. And like that's the thing that's you the mentioned, culture I, thing that yeah. I think needs to happen here. And whether it's a Mike McDonald who I think is capable of some of these young coaches, or uh, uh, Ben Johnson, or a whoever, a Dan Quinn, like knowing who to empower and who not to. Who it's not it's about you know it's not playing favorites but it's just like good evaluation is important and the the people that have been here the last four years have not been good at it yeah and I think you mentioned the the John getting frustrated with Chase like I think that's an indictment on him as a leader man I, we should have been heard the story about oh John Allen went into or John Allen blows up in a meeting because we're seeing horrible things off I want my leader to step up and call his guys out who's but, the but dog the on that team that holds you. others accountable. I mean, I think that there is some level of that. But, like, also, you know, Terry tried that in training camp, right? There was there was a play that, you know— I wish I, he would have gotten the huddle because I think he undermined Eric Bieniemy with that. Well, no, so for those fan, fans, listeners that forgot, there mm-hmm. was a play of St. Juice, right? Mm-hmm. St. Juice, like, popped one of the other offensive players, and Terry was like, nah, we don't do that. And EB screamed at him to go back to the huddle. And, like— at that point, if you're EB, do you let your leader lead? Or do you say, no, we do, we don't worry about that. We do things my way, and you wind up undermining your guy. Because if EB just shuts up, no one knows that he's mad about it. And Terry, he can go to Terry later and be like, hey, next time, I appreciate you standing up for your guy. I understand, but like, we got to get back to work. 
And like, there's a way to he do that. He could also do that while doing what he did. And I think he may have used that particular moment to say, look, man, I'm going to get on Terry, just the best player on the offense. Well, I'm going to get on everybody else. We're installing a new offense. We're in training camp. We don't have time for the extracurricular BS after the play. I don't care who was in the wrong, who was in the right. Just cut it out, get back in the huddle, and let's play. I think that was the messaging, but I, there and it might have been. And like the again, <clears throat> these things are complicated. There's not a yeah. right way to do it, and you know the right There's a way. A lot of testosterone there, flowing for yeah. sure. And the right way to do it in Kansas City with their group of players might be different than the right way to do it here, mm-hmm. which is different in Baltimore and different than wherever else. And I think that's part of the problem is like when we look at this, the people that Rivera brought in. One, EB didn't get to bring almost anybody in except right. for Wiley, right? Um, but who knows if he even did that. I, I don't I, – yeah. who knows? But, like, I think Andrew's been a good pro. I think yeah. pass protection has been a cause for concern at times. But, like, he's very good in the run game, and he has been a legitimate pro. Like, every time Andrew Wiley speaks, I'm like, I would want that dude in my locker room. I might not want him as my starting right tackle, yeah. but I want that dude in my locker room. Got to have guys. Yeah, and so I think that with Rivera, though, like, who's the Rivera guy? In the locker room, you're saying, or on yeah. the coaching staff? In the locker room. Like, who's the Ron Rivera culture guy? I think it's John, but John... But John, he inherited John. Exactly. I don't think it exists. You're right. And that's, that to me is kind of the issue. Um, Mm. You got got more takes or you want to take, you want to reset? Because I'm guessing you got overtime tonight. Do have overtime tonight, but because uh, we can, we we got we got enough room to be flexible. If you want to, you want to stay around for another segment or two. It's up to you, man. We could we could we could. All right, tell you what, it's the new year. Linnell's going to stick around. I don't stick know what around. the new year had to do with it, but Linnell's going to stick around. Stick around. Uh, more overreaction Tuesday on a Thursday next.